How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome in stoppage time live getting ready for Seattle coming to town on the back of a win last night, a weird Tuesday night game for Seattle. It wasn't exactly pretty, but they got a first half penalty and got it done. Their first win in a little while. Uh, It hasn't been a good run of form for Seattle lately. It hasn't been a great run of form for Atlanta United, but they did get a draw in Chicago, a team that was on a three game winning streak. And got a clean sheet. And that's probably the number one thing that Gonzalo Pineda is looking to build upon as we get to this weekend, Mike. Well, th- this should actually be a pretty fun show because outside of a text message or two, we have not really had a chance to talk to each other about the Chicago game, which yes. is rare, right? Yes. Because we're, we're always doing the games together. But uh, outside of a text or two, and this is the first time we're really going to be able to talk about it. Um, but, you know, to your point on Seattle, I really do feel like Atlanta United and Seattle are in very, very similar positions coming into this game. Both teams have really been affected by injury this year. Both teams have been disappointing lately. Both teams have struggled to score lately. Uh, you know, Seattle beat Dallas last night at home thanks to a penalty by uh, Nico Ladero. So they aren't really playing that great. I do think it is a winnable game for Atlanta United on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. Beyond that, then I think it gets really tricky. Cincinnati on the road, that's not going to be easy. Red Bulls at home, we know what it's like to play Red Bulls. At Columbus, going to be tough. D.C., you know, they got a little Wayne Rooney bounce uh, with a almost miraculous comeback against Orlando. Maybe they have something rolling by then. And then you go on that Philly-Portland road trip, which I think is going to be um, you know, almost next to impossible to come out of with, um, you know, anything more than a point or two. And then you come home, you play research in Toronto, you go to Orlando, play Philly again, New England and New York City. So look, I think 48 points has been a really correct target that you've assigned for making the playoffs. Uh, that's, that's generally about the line. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, for Atlanta United to get to 48, they're going to have to win all six home games and get a couple road results. It's going to be very tough. Not impossible, but yeah, very, very tough. It's doable. I mean, look at this league. Look at this past weekend. It's crazy. Um, there's a lot of, of twists and turns in Major League Soccer. And, I mean, even some of the teams that are coming up here soon that you mentioned, Cincinnati's not the Cincinnati we saw maybe a month ago. They, they've dropped some points here lately. The Red Bulls have had a, a couple of crazy, shocking defensive efforts in the Open Cup in Orlando and then last night where they give up five goals at home to Colorado and lose. Uh, so, you know, anything can happen. I, I think well, if you're... Let me the, interject. Even, even the great Toronto FC, the just, great... Toronto, that's going to lap everyone in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Got clean sheeted by New England over the weekend. The great Toronto. So, There's yeah, that. I mean, week to week, everything does seem to change in this league. It's a tough league, and it's a very balanced league. And look, Atlanta United's just got to continue to get healthy. That's the, the number one thing that they can control here. They do have Mosquera in now. He is training this week, he will be available for selection. This weekend, we'll see if he makes the game day roster. I would assume that he will because he brings pace off the bench and gives you a little bit different kind of option uh, wide in the attack. But, you know, you've got to get Ronald Hernandez back to where he can contribute. He's training. That's good. you got to get Andrew Gutman back to where he can play 90 minutes. That gives you a little bit more steel defensively. We saw him for the first time in Chicago. you got to get Santi Sosa where he can play 90 minutes game after game because I, I think one of the very under-the-radar elements of the game in Chicago, and he didn't have one of his better games, but he did play the entire match as Santiago Sosa because yeah. it just gives you more balance in the midfield. I think Mateus Hosechu is not a six by nature, although he's a very intelligent player and can sit there. He's just not quite as good defensively as Sosa. He's not as good in the air as Sosa. He was very good at winning that second ball, winning that long ball that Gabriel Salonina kept playing. Sosa playing at a good level is key for Atlanta United to make the postseason. If he can do that, they can make the postseason. If he can't, they're going to have some of those frailties and give up goals from time to time that they just can't afford. I know the attack's an issue. I'm not as worried about that with the talent. I think that'll get sorted out. It's the defense and giving up goals that has put this team where they are in the table more than anything. And you got to have a six you can trust. And I think Sosa's that guy when he's at his best. Well, honestly, I mean, this is something Mo and I talked about on the TV broadcast. To me, that was the biggest takeaway from the Chicago match, was getting Sosa back, maybe starting to run out of gas a little bit at the end, but you would expect that. Someone who, you know, had had not started a match in literally months. Um, I, I thought that was a huge, huge turning point for this Atlanta United midfield now mm-hmm. going forward where Sosa really does give you a little more steel and where I don't have as much fear now about losing George Campbell for two or three weeks because Sosa gives you more defensive cover in that midfield where if you have to go back to a 4-3-3 now you're good you know Sosa can yeah. can drop back and serve that role as a de facto third center back if you need to yeah, so I think you do want to get to a 4-3-3. I, I just yeah. I think the attack's better in a 4-3-3. I think the team plays better in a 4-3-3. It's it's really been the base of how they've wanted to play all year long. And when you go to having to shift the lineup around and 
and figure it out and break out the, the duct tape to try to make things work. One of the big reasons why is you haven't had that six. So if you don't have the six, you need an extra center back to really give you that extra security. And that takes an attacker away. And then you're, you're left trying to figure it all out. Four, three, three with Sosa as the six, two center backs. And right now you'd expect that that's Alan Franco, who I thought was, he was my man of the match in, in Chicago. Mine I thought too. he was great. Morata was very good as well. You get those two at center back with Sosa in front. I feel pretty good about the base. And especially if you get Andrew Gutman back in. I think Caleb Wiley's done a good job defensively. As good of a job as you can possibly ask from a 17-year-old with his level of experience coming into this year. Gutman's a better defender. Wiley's dangerous going forward. And his speed can cause problems. And maybe playing at times as a winger coming off the bench can be a nice little weapon that Gonzalo Pineda used early in the season. But getting Gutman in on the back line, as well as Parata, as well as Franco and Sosa in front, that just gives you a little more security defensively and allows you to go for it a little more in the attack. Yeah, and and what Ronald Hernandez will be back pretty soon as well. Yeah. I mean, he's back to training. We talked to Pineda about this, I think, uh, a couple days ago. He said Hernandez getting there, Brooks, Lennon kind of getting there. So every you know it's it's I don't want this to sound like a negative on Wiley and McFadden at all but it is a major major boost when you're able to go back to the players that you envisioned were going to be your first choice yeah across the back defensively uh, it is and that's that's the area where I think it's the biggest difference is on the defensive side yeah um so anyhow Sosa was probably my biggest takeaway from Chicago I mean I know there's been a lot of chatter about the attack and and it's disappointing to be shut out two matches in a row. I was more disappointed with the attack in LA yes. than I was with the attack in Chicago. Um Atlanta United really could have had I mean again what it could have should have, but there were three moments in the first half Saturday where either due to a big save by Slonina or a lack of being clinical or just some flat-out bad luck, Atlanta United did not score. Yep. Uh, the the shot that Aruju had that Slonina made the diving save on, more often than not, that's going to produce a goal. Your recycled corner at the end of the first half, the 1-2 with Cisneros and Almada, bad luck. You know, you're going to score on that more often than not. So if we want to compartmentalize the first half and the second half and evaluate the attack maybe differently from first half to second half. I, I suppose we could do that. But I felt like Atlanta United attack-wise was more promising against Chicago than they were against LA Galaxy. Yeah, Is definitely. it disappointing they didn't score? Heck yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure they're more disappointed than any of us on the Twitch pitch or, or Jason and I or any of us looking at this from uh, you know, a distance. I'm sure they're they're grossly disappointed by it. But to me, I don't think you abandon what you were attempting from a grouping standpoint on Saturday. I, I think you're pretty much gonna be content with the same quality of chances that you saw in the first half, match to match to match, because Chances of that quality, I, I really do believe, I'm, I might be naive, but chances of that quality are going to produce goals in a future match. 
Yeah, I mean, 100%. You're, you created a, a really strong attacking first 45. And you did it in a place where Chicago now has 11 out of 15. Their last 15 home games, 11 of them have been a clean sheet. That's a crazy number that's never happened in MLS history. That's why Salonina is going to Chelsea partially. It's why Ezra Hendrickson has started to right the ship in Chicago and, and get things right. It's why they've started to climb the table a little bit. They've been a good defensive team. You tested that in the first 45. They tested you in the second 45. I think Atlanta's quality of chances was better than Chicago's, with the exception of the one that was offside. Uh, and that, by the way, was great usage of VAR, Alex Chilowitz on the job. Um, I did not think it was offside watching it live because it's that weird situation where Shakiri's offside when the cross is made but the cross is behind him, which brings him back when he receives it into an onside position. But it's when the ball's played and, and he's no offside. One touched and no yeah. one touched it. Yeah, nobody touched him. It was it was clear that it was offside when you saw the replay and, and when the, the cross was struck. It's not one that you would have noticed with the naked eye. That's why VAR is, is involved. So outside of that, I think Atlanta did a good job defensively in dealing with Chicago's threat. And it's a game where... You know, one team was better in the first 45. The other team was better in the second 45. They cancel each other out. And the overall numbers look pretty similar between the two. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, uh, you know, goal rolled out offside, as you said. They had a couple really, really feeble penalty shouts. Uh, I'm keeping a very close eye on the disciplinary committee, by the way. <laughs> Good luck a with that. Very, I mentioned it on the TV broadcast. And, Mo was like, oh, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, no, if you're going to find Marcelino Moreno for simulation, then I think you've got to take a, a – the disco's got to take a really, really hard look at what Mauricio Pineda did in the second half there because that was, first of all, a complete miss by referee Tim Ford on a simulation yellow. Mm -hmm. uh, but but it, it's something that absolutely had to be carded. They had a couple very – Jairo Torres had one or two, I thought, pretty weak penalty shouts in the first mm -hmm. half. So, I mean, if that's what Chicago was reduced to, you're going to be very, very content with that level of defending from Atlanta United. Again, I think Sosa is a big part of that. So these are the positives that, that you can take out of the match. You I got to build from here. Yeah, I, I thought the performance was much better in Chicago than it was in L.A. Mm -hmm. Much better. Now you've got to build on it. Uh, you don't like to be in the position where you're building on a scoreless draw. Obviously, you'd like to be building off a road win, but on a week-to-week -week basis, I think they made progress. Yeah, I mean, for a team that has conceded more goals than they're comfortable with in the last you know, four or five games, uh, you can't build off of a, a scoreless draw. You build off the clean sheet. You want to get the attack right. And one of the things I keep coming back to with the attacking side of things is we know the quality of Tiago Almada, and I think he showed it in a big way in the first half. We know the quality of Luis Araujo, and I think he showed it in a big way in the first half. Um, Joseph Martinez is what Joseph Martinez is right now, and he created five chances in this game. And having Cisneros there making the, the more of the forward runs from a wide position, allowing Joseph to drop in, Joseph wasn't getting into other people's space because Cisneros was staying wide and making the, the wider runs. So it worked. And that is something maybe this team can continue to build on. But with Almada and Araujo especially, 
you know, they weren't necessarily brought here to be the man and to carry a team. And they haven't really been in that role in their careers up to this point. But now it's time for them to learn how to do that and be that person. And, you know, maybe it's one some weeks and the other other weeks. But those two players with their quality had the ability to carry this team through some rough moments. And I, I really feel like both were making that attempt in Chicago. But Almada was definitely putting pressure on his, himself. You saw the reaction to the near misses that he had. Araujo, I think we see you know his heart on his sleeve pretty clearly in games. These two guys are trying to step up, and they have to continue to do that and find the ways to do it because they need to at this point. And, well, and it's a new thing for them in their careers, but it's essential for Atlanta United success. I mean, let's dig into this because we're, we're getting a lot of questions about it on the Twitch pitch. Uh, you know, Tom Russo says the attack's been healthy, playing together for a while, so it's hard to understand the lack of production and goals. Emilio says two goals a month is concerning. All this is true. Mm-hmm. Shiva wants to know what would be the best attacking lineup to produce goals. Well, one, one thing I want to start with with all of that is you – the team is not, this isn't American football where you have a defensive unit and you have an attacking unit. It's all together. It's all part of the same unit. When you're conceding more goals than you're comfortable with and you have to add an extra center back, that changes the attack. So you can say, yes, people have been healthy, but you haven't been playing in the same tactical manner consistently because you had to address things defensively. So that's a big part of this, and you have to understand it. You also have to think about how important it is when you have guys getting forward and producing. It's not always just that attacking quartet up top. Think about how important Brooks Lennon is in chance creation when he's on the field. Caleb Wiley, when he gets forward and does well, Andrew Gutman before that. It is a complete and utter unit. And when you change the tactics, yeah, it might be the same personnel, but they're doing different things in different places to a degree. So that part hasn't been consistent. And that's something that has to get consistent. And that's really why, again, I keep going back to Sosa being involved, giving you that backboard. It allows you to be more consistent in the way you're structured going forward, which plays to the strengths of the players you have. This was the first time we saw that in a long time, in a long, long time that we've seen a four, three, three with a six that allowed yeah. you to be a, set up a little bit different and allow you a little more freedom. I mean, Adarushu playing in front of Parata on the right, it was a four, three, three. Don't, don't get it twisted. Like don't get it twisted. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how else to say it. It was a four, three, three. Juan Jose Parata was playing as a right back. Did he stay home more than Brooks Lennon or Aiden McFadden would? Absolutely he did. He's a different kind of right back when he's playing right back. He's a center back playing right back. But it wasn't a 3-4-3 in Chicago. It was a 4-3-3. But with Parata staying at home more, that allowed Araujo even more freedom to stay high. And I thought you saw that early in the game where he really put Miguel Angel Navarro in trouble as the left back for Chicago, got him on an early yellow card needed to take advantage of that and put him out of the match. Really needed to do that, have that killer instinct, and they couldn't get it. And maybe they needed to feed him a little bit more. Maybe they needed to force that a little bit more. But that tactic, playing 4-3-3, even with a non-traditional right back, 4-3-3 with a 6 is the way for this team to succeed, in my opinion. I think that's how they were built. 
I think that's where players slot in the best. And you've got to get to that one way or another for this team to hit its heights, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll go back to the Twitch pitch. Like uh, Tom says, all the chances are still being created. We just can't finish. Uncle No Pockets, finishing is an issue. All true. Uh, I mean, and I I said this on the post game on Saturday, they're just not – they're not clinical enough right now. Yeah, you're middle of the uh, road in goals, and you're number one near in the top passes. of the league in in shot, shots and cre- shots shots on goal chances yeah. created. You're near the top in all those, but you're middle of the pack in goals, and that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, it's just not clinical enough. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet uses during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast um and, and and some of these are a little bit different like in a match where you would concede an early goal and then have a very very high volume of shots playing against a team that's yeah. um that's putting everyone behind the ball such as the orlando match i mean that that could distort things a little bit and also affect maybe the quality of some some high quality chances are actually higher quality than others. I'll go back again to Almada at the end of the first half in Chicago. I mean that that's just a lack of being clinical. That that's a perfectly worked opportunity where you just unfortunately cannot hit the back of the net. It does yeah, have it's, to- it's not a sitter. And, and this is where oh, XG is is maybe a, a little not perfect. The angle and the difficulty, it, it look, it's high. It's a tough one. Um, but he puts himself in that position, and we know he has the ability 
to finish that. And those are the ones that take him from being a very, very good player to a league MVP kind of player. And that's where his talent is, in my opinion. And when he can start to convert in those moments that are difficult, that's where he reaches his full potential. Uh, you want to get to some other comments here yeah. in the last couple minutes? Um, again, we're only going to do a half hour today. I hope you all understand. Yeah, uh, I'm not 100% yet. Uh, Alex says, I see Louise as Tito 2.0 with all that entails. Almada may be the best true 10 we've ever had. I'm almost more anxious to see Tiago grow comfortable than anything else. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Tiago is the best true playmaker that has ever been at the club. Just true playmaker. But he has that ability to score goals as well. He has that ability to do a little bit more. I've been, I think the thing that surprised me the most about him is how comfortable he is dropping deeper in the midfield and getting on the ball. And I, I've compared it a little bit to Luka Modric. He, he's got some of that ability to pick up the ball, you know, off of the back line and carry it forward and launch an attack. Araujo is in, in some ways similar to Tito Vialba in that he's explosive in that he runs a little hot and cold um, in that he can blow you away with pace. I, I think he's probably a, a much more technical player than, than Tito was, but you need more consistency. And, and that's really the next step. And, and you look at those two guys, and I keep coming back to it. This is an opportunity for them to grow as players and as guys that a club can count on because Almada at Velez was one of the youngest guys breaking through. Everybody knew his talent, but nobody's putting it on him to win games. It's not Tiago has to carry us today. Luis was really the, the, the spark plug off the bench in a lot of ways at Lille. Um, and even in his time in Brazil, he wasn't the guy that put a team on his back. They have the ability to put a team on their back. They have the talent to put a team on their back. And look, right now, they probably need to put the team on their back. And maybe they can share it, but they've got to step up in some of those moments. And they have the ability to, they have to learn how to. And sometimes it's that moment that has to happen to carry them through. And I'll take you back to 2019 and the moment that I thought turned everything for Pitti Martinez, who came into Atlanta exhausted, I think mentally and physically off of the run that River had to the, the Club World Cup and winning the Libertadores in crazy fashion. And he looked just tired early on when he got that winner against DC on a late header on a very unpity kind of play. Look at where his game went from there. He was creating chances, scoring goals, carrying a team when it needed to be carried. Almada and Araujo have that ability. And I think now with Sosa in the team, they have the backing to be able to go and do it. And they have to perform it though at that level, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think continuity would help a little bit too. hundred uh, percent. And, and that's, that's also a big part of it. I mean, you know, tactically you've had to go to, um, you know, a three, four, three at times when you do that. Someone's got to come out, uh, you know, match state dictates. Sometimes you have to move things around. And Arusha yeah. was hurt for the first month of the season, yeah. too. So uh, his continuity and then who he's playing with has obviously uh, been affected quite a bit due to injuries and other things. So um, 
continuity has not been on Luis Arizu's side this year. But I, I no, or just, Thiago Almada's. You know, I, I think ha- if Almada can continue to play as a ten with Josechu there as a running buddy, and and look, Mateus is is a very um, giving kind of player. He he's the perfect kind of player to have paired with a, a talent like Almada because Josechu is not trying to get the spotlight. He's not trying to get on the ball in the same spots that Almada wants to. He wants to set Almada up. He's the setter in in a volleyball term, and Almada is going to drive it home. That's what you need, and I think those two can work really well together. Araujo got to figure out who the right back's going to be with the injuries and getting guys back um, and build a little bit of chemistry with them. But Almada and Hosechu that that combination so important too. And with Sosa again behind, it frees up Hosechu to go forward and be that connecting link to Almada a lot more. A uh, couple more comments on the Twitch pitch before we uh, say goodbye. Emilio says, hate to point this out, but we've only given up four or five less goals than Toronto. I mean, that's true. You've also lost your first choice goalkeeper, one of your first choice center backs, yeah. and Why? your two first choice wing backs, and your first choice holding midfielder for large parts of the season. I would also argue that you gave up six goals in two matches, which might be outliers. Um, you know, you're you're not giving up. You're not going out and giving up two, three goals a match. It's just not happening. Um, so I'm not exactly sure where we're going with that. No, it's two completely different situations. Toronto didn't sign fullbacks before the season and then brought in Carlos Salcedo, who was a failure. And Atlanta United's missing the, one of the best center backs in the league, if not the best. Their captain and goalkeeper and their fullbacks and et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, they haven't been a good defensive team this year, but there's a pretty good set of explanations as to why. Yeah. Uh, look, no, it's time to pull Sounders and get hot the second half of the mm-hmm. season to make the playoffs. Yeah, you have to. But you're way beyond the halfway point of the season, which is uh, – so something to keep in mind. You you have 12 matches remaining, so you're uh, you're a little bit past halfway. Uncle No Pocket says, was hoping we'd see some transfers out to make room for transfers in this window. Our midfield needs some fresh faces. Got to have people who want to buy, and you got to have positions of depth where you can transfer people out. Central midfield is a position of depth where, and we talked about it, I think, last week, where if you were looking to move somebody, who had trade value, and I, I really figured it was going to be a trade within the league if that opened up, you might be able to make that work with Sosa coming back. There, there's not a lot of other positions of depth where you can afford to lose somebody. And and that's that's the biggest issue. And, you know, it's, it's not as simple as saying, I want to transfer people out. People have to be giving you a call and, and want those players. And when maybe some of the players that they might really want are guys who are hurt, those calls might not be coming. Good point. Uh, one more from Christopher Abel. Do we think Sosa will be 90 minutes fit this weekend? I mean, he, was, he went almost 90 last weekend, so I, I feel yeah. like if needed, he should be able to do it. Yeah, I think Gonzalo Pineda talked about it after the game and, and said that he feels like he's right there and, and with a full week. Yeah, I think that's what you, you have to get here. And again, when you go back to the way this team was built, you sign Osvaldo Alonso to get through the first part of the season while you're bringing Sosa back from the offseason surgery. And then you lose Alonso and Sosa has complications and then he has illness and things you can't control. 
So you're not where you want to be at that position, and you're going to have to deal with it now. Sosa is back to being fit. I think he's got that little bit of extra pep in his step at times that was missing when we saw him first coming back. He's got that little bit of a spark quality at times, especially on his longer passes, which we know is a, a hallmark of his game. It wasn't there in Chicago. That'll come back. But he's he's looking as close to fully fit as we've seen him really since you know three quarters of the way through last year. And that's essential for this team. There are going to be times where things get a little crowded and you have some some challenging schedule stuff and he gets tired and maybe takes a knock or whatever, that you're going to have to have the ability to figure that out at that time. But I think this game against Seattle is not one of those. He should be ready to go and give you a full 90 and give you that balance that the team needs in midfield. Yeah. And and again, I, I, I actually really like the potential for Atlanta United to get three points on Saturday. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm not overwhelmed with how well Seattle has played right now. Obviously, Atlanta United's not playing incredibly well either, but they're at home. You hope it'll be a good crowd. Uh, the full stadium will be open on, on Saturday, so you hope it'll be a good invested crowd. It'll be loud. Atlanta United's never beaten Seattle. Uh, They've only played a couple times, but they've never beaten Seattle. And the the one thing that scares me, anytime you play Seattle, and this will kind of be my final thought, when you concede the first goal to Seattle, they're already going to come in here with the intent to play negative and and do whatever it takes to, to, you know, get a result. You give up an early goal to these guys, and it's going to be a long, long, long day. Now, fortunately, Atlanta United, has had some experience of giving up early goals to Seattle and coming back and getting draws, including last year in Seattle, but it doesn't necessarily make for extremely attractive soccer. So I'm not expecting Saturday's match to look all that pretty, but I do think there's an opportunity for Atlanta United to get three points. Yeah, I think the pressure will be there. It might not be an aesthetically pleasing game, but it's going to be one with a lot of feeling to it because of how important it is. I think Seattle comes in and probably plays a, a 5-4-1, 3-4-3 defensively turns into a 5-4-1 typically. They went 4-2-3-1 last night. Uh, knew who was the left back. He's probably better as a center back. Um, I don't think he's as good when he gets forward. He's just a little reckless at times when he gets forward. Um I got the feeling he, they're going to come in. I think Brian Schmetzer is going to come in and, and be defensive off the jump. Maybe Madranda gets the start as a left wing back. You have to wonder a little bit about Morris after the hit that he took, just in case, you know, maybe they decide to rest him. Rui Diaz is not 100%, although he's expected to play in Atlanta. He came in the 65th minute last night. Um, They've had to bounce back and forth between formations as well this season. And and one of the big takeaways for me in the first half of that game last night was that they just didn't look all that comfortable in the way that they were playing. They couldn't build out of the back. Uh, missing Joao Paulo, you don't really have a six who's going to drop between the center backs to build out. So you're just trying to get the ball wide as quickly as possible or bomb it forward. Atlanta's going to have to win the second ball quite a bit in this game. I think that's an area where Sosa becomes very important. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe this is a game if Gonzalo Pineda feels like Brian Schmetzer is going to go to that. And Gonzalo knows Brian maybe better than anybody from a coaching perspective. Maybe Franco Ibarra gets the start here. And think back to last year in the game that Ibarra had in Seattle. It was maybe his best game in an Atlanta United kit so far 
where he just consistently won the second ball all day long. You might need that in this one, but Atlanta's going to have to prepare for that. And I'm sure that, you know, you watch the game back from last night, you watch how Seattle's played. They're struggling to get goals. They're going to keep things tight. They're going to be happy with a point on the road. You can't be happy with a point at home. You got to get three. So whatever it takes to find a way to, to take away what Seattle can do to get their point and to exploit their frailties right now, got to do it. And, and I really feel like this is a game for Almada in that spot with Christian Roldan, who's a, a good defensive eight, but not a six, not a defensive midfielder. Uh, Albert Rusnak is, is learning how to be a holding midfielder. He's not really a true holding midfielder. I like Almada's chances against both of those guys from an attacking versus defending perspective. And Almada has to have a big day for Atlanta to get the three points they need. Agreed. Okay, we'll be on at 2.30 Saturday afternoon for the Five Stripes Countdown. Three o'clock will be the kickoff, and uh, we hope we'll see you on the air for that. We'll be back next Wednesday, 2 o'clock, for another edition of Stop It's Time as we look ahead to the Cincinnati match, which will be a week from Saturday in my favorite stadium in the league, BQL Stadium up in Cincinnati. So uh, for Jason, I'm Mike. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.